Welcome to Leader Horse to Water, the podcast for equine training and behaviour. I'm your host, Trudy Dempsey. You can find me at www.equine.training and on Facebook and Instagram. This year, 2022, I'm back out delivering courses in person. So do check out my Facebook events. I'm going to be in Norfolk a couple of times and we have some Southwest events already lined up and some other potentials in the pipeline as well. So do check those out, find out more. Uh, Send me an email, trudy at equine.training if you'd like to be on my list for finding out about all these things that I'm getting up to. And also check me out at understandhorses.com for my online interactive positive reinforcement courses and lots of other courses there as well okay on with the podcast hello everyone and today on the podcast i'd like to welcome the lovely kate blackmore Uh, Kate is Head of Welfare at the Conquest Centre. She is also an equine behaviour consultant with Equilogical, and she's founder of Equischolars, Stewards of the Horse. Kate started volunteering at Conquest in 2012, when she also went on to become a groom, RDAGI, yard manager, deputy manager, before going on to study for her behavioural consultancy qualification with the NAC. She then set up her own consultancy business, Equilogical, and she joined voices with the lovely Becky Bayliss that we know from their fabulous podcast uh, at Little Green Stables, where they bring out the podcast and create a patron site which follows training journeys, warts and all. And that has led her on to develop a new curriculum called Equischolars. It's an activity-based modular course on equine behaviour which pulls not only from her own experience of working with kids, but harnessing all the golden nuggets from the team at Conquest. Based in Taunton, Somerset, Kate is passionate about opening up the playing field for future equestrian generations and show that there is more than one way to work and be with horses. Hi, Kate. It's so lovely to have you on the podcast. Hi, Trudy. (laughs) And this is a kind of return match because I came on uh, with you and Becky uh, on on yours and that was really good fun. And this time (laughs) you're in the hot seat. So uh, I know it's going to be a great one and I know we're going to wander off into some areas that might we might not have planned on but that that's what we love doing um so really primarily we're here to talk about equischolars which is super exciting and I got to find out a little bit more about that when I was with you on Friday at uh, Conquest but all our guests love to hear how people got into positive because of course they they themselves might have been more traditional perhaps still are more traditional so can you tell us before we get into equischolars you know where did Kate find all this and how did you find it and where are you with it now sure thing so I when I was younger I was very much into um riding Jim Carners my mum had a riding school so I had a very traditional background but I stopped um maybe when I was probably about 14 I think because I was doing ballet and I had to choose one or the other um and for some reason I chose ballet and I don't know why I did that but I did um and anyway, I, w- I went off to university and then I worked in corporate and then I moved house, was made redundant and ended up volunteering at the Conquest Centre, back with horses. I was like, my dream. I was so happy. Um, and then that just kind of 
built from there. I then became a student. So I did like my workplace diploma because I hadn't done any of the BHS grades or anything like that. You know, I was just a kid before when I was doing it. Um, so I did my workplace diploma in horse care and, you know, covered all the basics and then um, very quickly was moved up to managing the yard because I think I come from management, but this was a whole different kettle of fish type of management <laughs> than, than I was used to. Um, and then became deputy manager and um, was running, you know, the whole shebang really with the centre manager. And um, I had always struggled, Trudy, coming back into it, I found myself struggling and questioning a lot of stuff. I used to, um, so I was I guess it was natural horsemanship, the previous equine uh, head, like head of welfare and the previous trainer. So that's who I was learning from. And I deeply, deeply respected her for the way she did stuff. But I always found myself after a riding lesson or after being with a horse, I just didn't quite feel great. There was something that didn't quite fit for me. It's like, why am I not really happy that I got into that canter? And then, I, you know, later on, would I realize that's because I had to use a whip five times to get that horse into canter. So actually negated any good feeling I had, but I didn't know at the time. And then, and um, the old trainer actually gave me a book and it was a communicating with horses book. She was quite into that, you know, that side of things as well. And I read this book and um, it kind of just opened up this massive hole for me. And I remember going back to her and saying, how can you work here? How can we be doing this after you've read that book? I don't understand. And she kept saying to me the same thing. She said, but if I'm here, I can help the horses. I'm like, but they should all be free and they all need to be. <laughs> Suddenly yeah. just this massive realization of actually what was really going on and it, and it, overwhelmed me to be honest I ended up being off for six weeks because I just suddenly didn't know what to do and where to go and then the deputy manager left and then I was left in charge with no idea I had no idea how to do anything I wasn't particularly natural horsemanship you know I never found that way of looking at a horse and it moving backwards just wasn't my thing um I didn't you know like to be too hard and I was suddenly stuck with 17 horses and then being a disabled riding charity, all the issues that come with that. And I was like, shit, <laughs> I don't know what to do. And then really, really, really crazily, luckily, um, our, one of our trustees, she's actually our fundraising manager now, Lotta von der Heider, invited me to a Shauna crash clinic that was happening five minutes around the corner which is crazy in this tiny place in Taunton and we were talking about this on Friday yeah. I when I went I, it was the first time that I'd seen positive reinforcement and I was like oh my god that is it everything makes sense this is this is it I was completely completely taken by it as soon as I saw it and then Shauna came to Conquest and did some days at Conquest and I got to spend, she gave up so much of her time for me because I was really struggling with a lot of the horses. And, you know, she really, really was a massive, massive help and has been, you know, she's so lovely with her time oh, and yeah. if I've ever had questions. And, um, and so obviously she went back to America and, and so we started the positive reinforcement training because what we were finding mostly is with the best will in the world, 
those horses have to go down to the arena and they have a job to do. And that's a difficult job. They've got people from wheelchairs. They've got people, um, you know, all kinds of all kinds of abilities, all kinds of um, emotions, all that kind of stuff. So what we found is that they started planting because they didn't want to go down there. And there's a long historical association with that arena because there were also we don't have them anymore, but we had a lot of old school trainers, old school, lovely volunteers, but they like to do it in a certain way. Mm -hmm. And then I would come along and go, hey, how about we make them line up at the, like help them line up themselves yeah. at the mountain block. And then I got told that it was bribery and um, basically they, they'd say yes, but then they wouldn't do it. Mm -hmm. And it just kept messing everything up. And then people would, I'd try and teach about learning theory and behavior and, they would just walk out or argue with me or get really offended. And um, it was really hard work, really hard work. But luckily we kind of got through that. And what I realized through that process is I started teaching the kids about behavior once I qualified, um, because I quickly realized after reading that book, I needed to learn about behavior. And, um, and it's the kids that suddenly were choosing not to ride but to do some liberty work in the arena with a horse using scratches mm. and then I was like what okay so they're opting to do this and you know kids are changing now and and what I truly believe is that we always say each horse is an individual and I think for the equestrian world I want to see more of that for kids so you don't have to look a certain way you don't have to be a certain way you don't have to um think a certain way but you are given all the information because yeah. at the moment there's not an even playing field yeah. at all and I think that that is a real shame and so I created this curriculum so that it's a modular activity-based course. So a lot of our kids that we have, they are, um, maybe they can't write, they're out of school, we're trying to get them back into school. So what it's done, it's all done on um, utilizing as much movement as possible to consolidate the information about behavior that we're telling. So they're like yeah. living it, they're feeling it and they're breathing it. And what you find is they suddenly come out with these amazing, amazing things and realizations about the horses that just is so amazing to hear. And I just think, oh, I want this, I want everyone to hear that. I want everyone to have yeah. the opportunity, regardless of background, regardless of status, regardless of everything else. Yeah. Every kid that is wants loves horses should be able to learn in a non-fear-based way yeah. about horses. And ultimately, in learning more about behavior, kids are safer because yeah. they're learning to read the horse, react where they are. They're not just holding onto a rope and all of a sudden the horse is like knock them over and they didn't see it coming. Yes, yeah. okay, they can spook, but we are actually making things safer because we know the accident rate is very, very high with kids yeah. riding as well. So um, not just riding, but also just being around horses. Yeah. So yeah, it's difficult. I think what I love about all that was when you talked about the kids having a voice. And I know that when I grew up through Pony Club, there was you had no voice you could not I hated it I hated being forced to do something a certain way and there was no voice I think kids in general have a, a 
bigger voice nowadays and we listen to kids because we realize that actually their innocence in a way tells us an awful lot more than we can say about something with all our you know ingrained thoughts about things and I love that idea that the kids not only are following a loose curriculum that you you guide them through but they can also have a voice and tell you what they would like to do with the horse and whether you know and, and so they're identifying with the horse themselves it, that's amazing really yeah exactly and actually you know covid had brought about this real benefit for us as well because obviously there's loads of disabled riding centers that are really struggling at the moment because there's a national shortage on horses that are suitable for our kind of work and um in general a lot of places are struggling so we were able to you know run equa scholars because it's it's all ground-based some of the activities you don't even need a horse <laughs> mm -hmm. you know and um, so it was it was an it, we were able to create this new service which obviously helped our charity as well but also covid we started getting so many kids coming through our doors to the fact that we've got a waiting list because of covid and a lot of them haven't gone back to school a lot of them feeling low and stuff and things like you know our second module which is all about enrichment we talk about the seeking system and we can use covid and being stuck inside in an unenriched space as a perfect parallel mm -hmm. for how the horse might be feeling so we really draw try to draw on comparisons without being too anthropomorphic but to really gain that understanding of um, that particular behavioral uh, concept that we're trying to get across. If we can just keep relating it back, yeah. then they really start and that empathy comes along rather than that control, yeah. which is, you know, uh, a lot of the time, unfortunately, what kids think that they have to do. Yeah, with absolutely. Horse. Yeah. Is this based um, or aimed at a specific age group, Kate, or is it sort of fairly open consenters? Well, we talk a bit later about, you know, who and how this can be accessed because um, yeah. it's not you don't just have to go to the conquest center anymore to no. access this, <laughs> which is marvelous. It's going to, you know, sort of really mushroom. But yeah. So is there an age group that this is particularly aimed at? Well, what we do is we work on a, a working mental age because it is both for neurotypical and non-neurotypical kids. So it's, it's for absolutely everybody. We talk about a mental working age. So I would say anything from six to 15. So we're able because they're so adaptable. And so mm -hmm. we have levels of difficulty for the um, activities and you just adapt it to your learner because you... <laughs> At Conquest, luckily, we've had hands-on experience for a long time now, working with so many different uh, kids with so many different needs that, um, you know, it's 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 just natural for us to do adaptable activities I guess so yeah, yeah yeah but for somebody that might take it on as say a riding school they might have levels age groups of children that come along and yes. so they can pitch it at different do diff, slightly change the activities with depending on the learner that they're they're looking at Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's to go up to college stage, really. And then you go on to college and you do because there's nothing out there for kids before that. And no. you're just starting up and wanting to get into horses, you know, yeah. it's, it's, there's more than one way. 
Yeah, absolutely. So give us a bit of a flavor. I know the books out there. I know you and I will put the website and everything in the show notes and you can find Kate in several ways with all her hats on on uh, <laughs> on Facebook. But particularly if you're looking for Equischolars, Equischolars has its own Facebook area, doesn't it? So if people yeah. search in Equischolars, they would find you. But I will put those links in. So give us a little taste of the type of topics that the kids are looking at and how that goes on over time in that I think you have your first unit or module how does yes yeah so the first pack that we bought out is um the foundation pack so this is really like the basics of stuff that is important for kids to know straight off so module one is all about senses and um, so, for example, an activity for that is um, we have these taped off goggles or you can use a box with a hole in it and the kid wears it and they have to go over jumps. It's to show about the blind spot when you're approaching and how. And this is lovely because when we did this activity, because it's all about eliciting that information from the learner, we're not just telling them. And it was so nice to hear the kids go, God, horses must really have to trust their riders. And, you know, brilliant, fantastic. How do we create those trusting relationships? How do you think you could create a trusting relationship? And then they'll talk about, I could take them foraging. I could find scratchy spots, you know, all this really fantastic stuff that you wouldn't really hear else that is such important things. Just hanging out with your horse is really important as well. And not asking anything of it as well is massive for trust so we do that and we do things like um whiskers so you I know the FEI have brought in now you can't trim whiskers but you know that's only competition a lot of places trim whiskers so we do this like feely box thing and you do it with and without gloves and you can make it as funny as you want but it's just kind of giving that idea of look how much more difficult it is to feel things when you've got these gloves on and how that can be like horses and having their whiskers taken off and you know, just, um, I don't want to give too much away. No, 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 do not, no, 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 do not give us all the the juicy bits. I'm already thinking, I want to go on one of these. (laughs) We we need a grown-ups one of these. (laughs) I know, the staff, we do love it. We go a bit crazy sometimes. And then the second module is all about uh, the seeking system and enrichment, because it's such an important thing for horses and we talk about stables and and discuss that and um, some stereotypies as well. And then the third is all about behavior. So it's the basics. So how feral populations in the world are set up, how they work together, all about followship and, you know, debunking all these myths that people think of, you know, the stallion, he's in charge and, you know, just actually giving the right information to kids yeah. <laughs> and we can use that to observe herds and they actually can role play then being different parts of the you know the herd as well and yeah. then you think okay well you're you're lactating mare and you're the stallion and you're this and that and you know and give them different roles and yeah. they walk around um so it's like I said it's like them in them doing it they consolidate the information um well 
if you're moving, a lady in Paris once told me, a scientist, that if you're moving, you um, retain 50% more information because of the way the hypothalamus works. So we bring a lot of movement into everything because it helps me remember as well. So. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And there is always those memories from childhood and they're, they're never when you were sat reading a book. It's always, no. <laughs> it's always when you were doing something. Uh, so, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, sorry. So behaviour is the, the third yeah, behavior is the last one. And yeah. then um, I am collaborating with a couple of people this year on another two modules to come out along with a mini module. Um, so they will be out hopefully this year, um, which I'm really looking forward to, but I won't say much more about that yet. But, you know, this Equus Scholars is not someone, it's not Kate from Conquest Centre saying, this is Equus Scholars and everyone should do this. It, this is a collaborative project that has been worked with people that I work with and other behaviorists. And it's, it's pulling on information from everybody to provide that to the kids that should have access to it, but don't. Yeah, amazing. So who is it aimed at? I mentioned riding schools and obviously they're a, a really obvious one. Other centres like the Conquest would be another obvious sort of area. Yeah. Is there anywhere? I mean, I can see schools using this, you know, they don't have to have a horse. They It's just exactly. learning about another being. And, you know, um, when I go and talk to schools, I always do the alien thing, you know, where you, you put up a picture of an alien and they have to decide what it might eat, what it might drink, how it might <laughs> sleep, um, you know, how it might have its children. And they all try and be as gruesome and awful as possible. But actually, again, it gets them thinking. And I think that just having, even though it's a horse, it, it really would open up their ideas to other other people and other beings uh, as well. So yeah. And themselves. Schools, yeah. And themselves. So, you know, a massive part of the work that we do is mental health with kids. Mm. And um, it, we've kind of taken the principles from being trauma informed, from being thrive based as well. Um, those principles and brought them into the curriculum. So at the beginning is a whole module on the science and 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 how to get the best out of your learners because um, you know it, it, you've also got to get that buy-in from the kids. You've got to kind mm -hmm. of know how to work with them. And sometimes with the best will in the world, we all get a little bit stale. You know, I was yeah. a group instructor for a long time, and I think well after five years, I was you know okay, what are we going to do today? Yeah. So it's it's got all of that in it, but it also has um, advice on how you as a practitioner can protect yourself from burnout, mm -hmm. because that's a massive thing, especially when you're working with kids like this. You know, what it's like it's absolutely shattering mm -hmm. just being on the go and being out. So it's got um, tips and especially if you work in a therapy center, kind of how to protect yourself from anything that, you know, not taking things home with you as well. But then we've also got the kids' mental health side. So when the kids become equi-scholars, they have these, um, there's a certain set of values that we promote for those kids to have. So it's, you know, being a team player, being quick to big up other people, um, uh, being, um, I don't know how I put it exactly, but it's all about um, innovation and change and being a part of that. So it's these qualities that are needed for the change to happen. And then also in that, we bring in 
communication skills, debating skills, observational skills, analytical skills, you know, we all these working skills are really, really important in life. We also have amalgamated that all into one and um, because it's all so important. It doesn't matter what subject you're learning. The skills are the same for, for every subject. So, yeah. so it's a really um, important part of it. And I think that that's where um, also things have lacked. I yeah. think there's not enough, um, there's not enough confidence giving to kids who don't fit the box. Yeah, 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 yeah. I brought up a not fitting the box child, and it is really hard because you know the girls are all in the toilets at school discussing boys when they're thirteen, and not every child fits into that, you know. And they're all talking about the latest fashion or the latest makeup. That again isn't what every. And it's lovely to have somewhere where those kids can be who they are. And let's face it, when we're in front of a horse, it doesn't matter whether you've got, I used to joke about that when they did dressage, that I'd never get a good score because I didn't wear the right makeup because it was quite really obvious that you had to be a certain type of person to be accepted in certain groups in equestrianism. And that's quite sad, really, you know, the, the whole bling thing and having everything match. And that is, is quite depressing really for um, the, the rest of us to now look back on and see how hard that must be for kids, you know, when they're, when they're young and it's unachievable because either their parents can't afford it or they've got lots of siblings. And yeah, I think so to, to see them be as one with everyone else is fantastic. I love it. Yeah, it's like there's so many opportunities to work with horses as well, which I didn't know. So I came into the game later on in life and I wish I'd been shown these opportunities before because I would have probably saved a lot of <laughs> wrong decisions and yeah. wrong jobs and stuff. But um, and you don't have to look a certain way to do these jobs, whereas unfortunately in the equestrian world that's so steeped in tradition, you know, we we are led to believe that we have to look a certain way and be presented a certain way mm -hmm. in order to be accepted within that. And that puts a lot of kids off as well, when actually we could be doing fantastic work in all different areas and you don't have to, you know what? Hey, celebrate the individual. Yeah. Don't even worry about that gang. We're creating a new one. You know, that's yeah. how I feel it. That's open yeah. to anyone that wants to join in. Yeah. you know our club is for anyone yeah. and a lot of people don't have access to horses they don't have the financial ability to but they can come to somewhere like conquest mm. and do it yeah or they could just read the book <laughs> yeah yeah so they can get the book alone and work through it so say they're off homeschooling for some reason their mums can work through the book and the yes. activities within it with their kids. And yeah, that sounds amazing. I hadn't yeah. even thought of that, Kate. That's brilliant. Yeah, exactly. So um, yeah, I have a mum that does it with three of her kids who are homeschooled. Oh, wow. Because yeah, it's it's so um, transferable. That's the mm. thing I wanted to make it as open and available to as many people as possible, because that's what I believe that we should be doing yeah. for kids absolutely so if you're a riding school or a riding club or you run pony club you could literally slot these lessons in with 
amongst other things and and sort yeah. of try and get some balance there where instead of kids thinking that ponies are being brats because they don't want to do something they begin to understand why a pony might not want to jump again or might not want to come yeah. to the mountain block and let them on yeah and that is the really exciting thing when the kids start putting that into practice and then making the decision to get off a horse mm. or to do something in a different way or go you know what I'm just going to do some work on the ground with that horse first before or and we always say we connect before we do anything that's the first thing that we do with the horses and it's just when they start coming out with that treaty is that my heart is it's happening it's happening these kids are really they're going to be the stewards of the horses yeah. for the future. You know, future, we, yeah. we need them to to look at the welfare of the horse. And and it just needs to be a bigger thing in the equestrian world. Absolutely. Yeah. No, and we sure. want to be very careful as well of, you know, this isn't like behavior is good and other stuff is bad. It's not that it's, it's as unbiased as it could possibly be. Yeah. Um, because I understand that riding centers and stuff, you know, they have their beliefs and they have their ways of working and they have their, um, institutions that they follow. And that's absolutely fine. This is just like a complimentary thing that you can yeah. also do. I would like it to change in the future, but for now it is a non-judgmental thing that that anyone can pick up and go for even if you've got a couple of horses at home home yeah yeah that's that's fantastic so get the book guys if you don't if you're not anywhere that you can go and do the course uh, of course you can just nag your local center to get the course running but if not buy the book and and look at that and I wonder could we just touch a tiny bit you mentioned earlier on about how hard it was running an RDA center where the expectation is to come and ride yeah. And I think there are a lot of parents, I certainly know from my lovely friend Hazel Heaton in Norfolk, how hard it is that some parents will be, when do, what, what week do they jump? What week do they canter? Yeah. You know, and there's that, it may be slightly less so with riding for the disabled because of the children's abilities. But, you know, there is still that expectation that my child is, I'm going to be able to take a video of my child on a horse or a pony. And, and managing that is, is quite hard, isn't it? And I know you do still do some ridden work with the horses, but you're always looking at, at how to make it the best possible I think this is something that people who are just getting into this now and are thinking maybe I shouldn't be riding my horse you know do we think there is a way that we can do this as ethically as possible as soundly as possible with the horse at the center of it all yeah I absolutely do and actually our business is it is going that way it's just how life has turned out so we used to do what we have 180 equine based activities a week clients that we do yeah it's a lot wow. of sessions and three working horses at the moment but back along we used to do about the same but it was rid all ridden and when I when I took over it just wasn't easy to suddenly when you you can't unknow the stuff that you learn and then suddenly you realize ignorance is absolute bliss mm. because everything I saw is like oh we have to find a different way because as well what are we teaching here to the kids so we're supposed to be teaching good mental health how to be in society how to get along and go back to school yet 
what I'm going to sit them on a horse and tell them to whip and kick mm. that horse into trot and canter. And it's all about getting the horse, making the horse do something like it started feeling really hypocritical. Yeah. Um, and so eventually we kind of just started getting in these ground-based sessions and I said, Oh, let me do a behavior session or let me just do this ground-based session. And for me, it was all about getting it working. And with the positive reinforcement, it was about having a flagship horse to get that to change so um I wanted to uh I, I had a horse uh, biscuit who was who had become aggressive um, for other reasons and anyway that's he was my first clicker trainer horse and he could do anything like it was amazing and everybody was like wow and then I started to get the buy-in mm. but um like I said, the kids are the ones that are choosing to do this. So I put a camp up, Equus Scholars Camp. I think um, I'd sold 90% of the places in four hours. It was crazy. Oh. <laughs> and I, but I made sure I emailed back and I was like, just to confirm, because I'd have like so-and-so is a budding rider and what's coming. I'd email back and say, just to confirm, this is all ground-based activities. But they're all like yeah no this is amazing right, this is, yeah. there's nothing else like this so they were up I'm just really honest up front and mm. now at conquest what we do we can't possibly take on any more riders so we scaled right back to the ones that physically needed it mm. so they have cerebral palsy or some kind of condition where riding is really really beneficial um now in an ideal world we wouldn't ride anyone and we would have our mechanical horse and all of that would be done on a mechanical horse because, yeah. you know, but there has to be compromise and, you know, the charity has to get an income. But if I can create things like Equa Scholars, which is, you know, the first of its kind in mm. the UK and kids start coming to that, then I can show that there's a business reason for that to continue and that's why the riding could come down you know yeah. so it's it's kind of you kind of have to be a little bit um think not about cutting things out what can I add yeah what can I create rather than and and then just and then be 100% fully behind your beliefs and what you believe in so every ride that we come we say it's not about riding and we always before we had the change to where we are now we we um only did walk and trot so we would be really really honest with people and said we're grassroots riding so we'll teach you about having a nice position and stuff but we're not going to be teaching you jumping and all that stuff because our horses aren't schooled enough to do that and it yeah. also kind of was in a place where we weren't um it didn't follow what we believed and actually the last bit of that was we then completely cut out all trotting and only did therapy walks outside around in nature because it was the only way we could help keep the horses um going and not complete because turnover is massive in um riding schools but yeah. we've had our horses for a long long time but that's because we've put in place what we've put in place so also that's another benefit you know, mm. if you're not having people riding it, your horses are you're not got that turnover because you haven't got them turning sour and yeah, and there's all, other things they can do with them. It's not because you can do sessions so where they're observing horses in groups rather than actually making them do things like walking around. It's just yeah, there's, there's the options become so open. It's wonderful. 
Yeah, they really do. And what I like about it as well is it is just the course is just as beneficial for the horses as it is for yeah. the students and the practitioner because you're doing stuff to enhance their life and that's enriching for them. So it's yeah. all, you know, done in balance with the horse. So it's kind of like a win-win-win situation all around, you know, financial and well-being and all that, you know, yeah. it's like a solution. Yeah. And but look, thinking of it from all the different um, aspects yeah. of you, I guess. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, so, Kate, you are, I think you just mentioned you've got something on for the kids. Is that in a school holiday coming yeah, up or a yeah. weekend? So is it all it... sold out? I mean, I, we don't no, want to... There is, just... there is one, one space oh. left. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to guarantee that will have gone by the time this goes out. Uh, but, so, yeah, tell us about it in the hope that you'll be doing some more that people might be able to sign up on. Yes, absolutely. So we're doing module one um, in February on the Monday and Tuesday, the 21st and 22nd of February. So it will be at the Conquest Centre. Myself and my colleague Nick Nick are going to be running it. And um, during the two days, you will do the whole of module one learning about equine senses. And then also within the price, you receive your notch. So we have equine scholars notches equine behavior notches and um, so you'll get your senses notch and plus your certificate of completion and then in the easter holidays we'll do module two and probably a module one as well and then it all kind of run like that it's really adaptable because I run it in holidays as a club but I have also we've also been running it at conquest center as um, a course through the weekday so like the first module we've done um, six weeks of doing about an hour an hour and a half um, a week with a yeah. group and so you can also do it that way or you can do it as a Saturday club or you yeah. know there's loads of different ways you can you can run it to be yeah. honest Fantastic. and we are hoping to have a Saturday club starting soon on uh, Equus Scholars as well so fabulous looking forward to that and so are you likely to go out and do this somewhere else or is this only going to be a conquest can people get in touch and say oh do you come and do something like that for us or is is your time so short now because I don't know what, how you wear all those hats <laughs> and keep all those plates spinning Kate but uh... um yeah so ideally what I would like to do is be creating more content but I also have people a really good team that can go out and give training but the idea is really that you it has everything in the, it's there. the yeah picture. it tells you exactly what your resources you need for each activity and the information that you're trying to elicit from the kids and um so it's kind of all in there ready to go yeah. But we're, I think we'll also have a resources area on our website. So when you buy a pack, there's QR codes in it. Yeah. And that gives you direct access to further information and further activities and rainy day activities. And on there will be videos of me delivering it to different groups of kids. I'm just waiting for confidentiality yeah. paperwork to come back. So people can also see through that there. there. Mm. And can always contact me, pick up the phone or email or Facebook, yeah. whatever, you yeah. know. So just... if somebody's thinking, oh, that would just, I've got a group of kids on a Saturday or a weekend that I'd love to do that with. Um, it's literally a business in a box, ready to go. 
you yeah. buy it and then we give you, you sell it on yeah yeah and we give you the media pack as well so right. what I thought was really helpful is we've got these really cool designs for your social media posts when you're running camps when you're running activities so it all stays in line mm. and so you're in with the equa scholars type yeah. you know the brand is there and then so it's professional looking media to help sell it and you can use the promotional video and all that on your website and your yeah. social media so yeah and we also um through the equa scholars website we also promote your event as well oh wonderful yeah. it is so yeah it's supporting uh, people yeah. to go out and do this yeah which yeah, is absolutely. absolutely brilliant I love it it's great so you are coming up in the future you have got more writing you want to write more modules for this and some collaborations which have been very secretive about but we understand that um <laughs> but and with Becky with the podcast have you got any um exciting things that are coming up on that you've got a Patreon group I know you're I'm, yeah that's true so busy with that Yes, yeah, so we've got our Patreon group, which has a little bit of everything in really now. You know, we've put a bit of foraging stuff we did this morning because we kind of have these amazing adventures, being Becky. I really like it. We get to meet really awesome people and do awesome things. So it is really a kind of, this is what it's really like. So yeah. we include all the crappy stuff too, <laughs> you know, like we know stuff. Stuff. Yeah, 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 I know. <laughs> you know, Good. when you, you know, your horse is, you know, I don't know, got pus in the foot or something. Yeah, like that. What can you yeah. do to help your horse? And just other stuff, the equine behavior, the physio, all of it, yeah. anatomy, just because there is so much you can do outside of, you know, especially in the winter, because it can oh, get a little yeah. bit like, oh God, what can I do? But actually there's loads you can loads. do. Yeah. Really fun. Yeah. And just, just kind of, we've just got a lovely community on there, which is really nice. And our podcast, yeah, we've got some um, people coming up uh, to do some interviews with, which I'm really excited about um so um, one is um I always say her name wrong Angelica Hesselus yeah, yeah. who she's the connection training lady yes yeah right yeah, yeah yeah she's like fascinated me with some work she's doing on um rewards and presenting rewards and this constant feeling and you know she she actually looks at dressage a lot like that's her forte and I I, I find it her quite fascinating because it's something that I haven't thought about before I guess so yeah. and it was like wow okay cool. there's much more complexity and obviously we've got really exciting clinics coming up haven't yeah. we <laughs> yeah we have yes yes oh you've got lots coming up anyway at the conquest <laughs> yeah, watch this yeah. space <laughs> yeah no no it's really exciting times at the conquest but then I think you know for some time now conquest have been sort of a, an oasis of of other stuff which is really really good and, and yeah. it's it's so nice to be near enough to be able to be involved with that so that's wonderful do you have off the top of your head I'm sure you do your Equus Scholars um website address so that yes it's www.equischolars.co.uk okay that's lovely because although it'll be in the show notes I know sometimes people are straight away I'm sure if you google Equischolars it will come up but it's a .co.uk after it uh, which is yeah. fantastic I like uh, the Equir I like obviously to make names out of Equir for some yeah, reason yeah yeah we yeah and of course if you want Kate if you would like Kate for some behavioral um considerations for your horse of course you can get her at Equilogical which is your 
your yeah we she likes the equi bit yeah <laughs> nothing wrong with that nothing wrong with it we know what it's all about then don't we exactly Which is fantastic. yeah exactly. so thank you so much for being a guest today kate and i think you've got so much coming up um I, normally i'd say you know do tell us where you think you're going in the next few years we know where kate's going she's <laughs> going to be writing loads more stuff but come on again come on the podcast again and we'll have becky on as well because um they're they're hilarious this time, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh thank you so much trudy i've really enjoyed my first like podcast where i've been invited on as well. so thank you so much oh, i was really nervous it. oh bless you well you didn't seem you didn't seem it at all it was lovely chatting to you i think it's almost harder when you know somebody yeah you know if it's completely unknown i i think it's sort of almost easier um, yes but so, absolutely yeah, I you, agree. Did, you did great it was fantastic <laughs> thank, thank you, you so much and we'll see you soon thanks for listening i hope you enjoyed it as much as i enjoyed recording it don't forget you can find me at www.equine.training there's lots of information on there and you can follow me on Facebook to find out about all those events that are coming up. And of course, I've got one coming up with Kate at the Conquest Centre in June. So do look out for that one. If you can, please like the podcast, follow the podcast, give us a review, share it with your friends and follow the podcast on Facebook. See you again very soon. Bye. Bye.